0: So then in the interview, we get to the moment where Scott Disick is brought onto stage and the topic straight off the bat comes up of him dating much younger women, which I love that Andy addressed this because it gives me the ick so hard when I see photos of him. (sighs) Guys, I have an opinion about Scott and it might be an unpopular one because I feel like he, you know, has this charisma of like, oh, the Lord Disick and all this stuff and like, you know, doing the pranks on the show and things like that. But part of me kind of feels like he's the worst. As well as for the record, his son Mason is only about eight years younger than Amelia as well. You are listening to The Mindless Podcast. It is your place to switch off from the stress and seriousness of reality and escape into some mindless topics with me, Benita Shue. The Mindless Podcast is a place for us girls to come together, sip a bit of wine, and chat about all things reality TV, social media, pop culture, women in business, and even a little bit of true crime. It's a bit of a mixed bag of all of my favorite topics, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Mindless Podcast. I am bloody happy you are here with me today for another mindless hour and to cover the third and final episode of the Kardashian controversy. Controversy, I keep saying controversy. Why? Controversy special that I have been covering in this podcast so far. Are we tired of talking about the Kardashians yet? <laughs> you guys let me know. I can't really get tired of talking about them. I guess I could. But uh, there is just always something new and happening and frigging crazy about them. So there's a lot to cover as well. Uh, but in all seriousness, I have a whole list of brand new topics for us to cover in episode four. That is not going to be Kardashian related. So I'm excited to move on to those topics if you guys... Um, you know, don't love the Kardashians, I've got you covered with a whole bunch of new content that isn't related to them. So the next episode, episode four, will be the Wrap It Up Sis episode, I'm calling it, which will basically be our first episode of just like rapid fire, interesting things that are happening like currently. So that could be about just like current controversies, things to do with like pop culture, business, social media, the YouTube world, which I am very interested in. I find it fascinating. And even a bit of crime topics too. The crime topics I have coming are a little bit more related to uh, like pop culture anyway. So like pop culture, And crime, hand in hand. So yeah, if the Kardashians are not your jam, I will definitely have you covered in episode four when we move on to some more topics, which is exciting. So like I mentioned, this is part three of the Kardashian controversy content. So please make sure that you go and visit episode one and two before moving on to this episode. I would sit here and list all the topics that we covered in episode one and two, but honestly... It's just a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there. So basically just go back to episode one, start from the beginning, have the full experience and don't deprive yourself of, you know, having the full Kardashian experience, gals, just go and do it and then come back to this part and press play once you finished. Okay, so in this episode, we are covering more of the reunion special and just like the end of Keeping Up With The Kardashians where a lot of controversial topics have come up. But basically I have done a lot of digging into these topics so that you guys don't have to pretty much. So we will cover a lot more interesting facts that weren't covered in the episode or just like in a lot more detail basically And I do also want to mention that I went to a cafe this morning and I watched this whole episode of keeping up with the Kardashians, the final curtain or whatever they called it so that I could take my notes of like what I wanted to cover in today's podcast. And I took my laptop um, so I could get on the internet and like do a bit of digging for you guys. And I got some pretty like sad pity looks from some of the patrons at the cafe to just me being this crazy woman drinking a full strength mocha and just pausing (laughs) Kardashian's episodes on her laptop to furiously type some notes every two seconds. So mind you, this was at 9am on a Wednesday. So I'm pretty sure the patrons were like, wow, this lady needs to get a job. Turns out I have a job, Susan, and it involves a lot of fun stuff like this. So jokes on you. And yes, I did have a full avo and feta on like thick toast and you bet your bottom dollar that I did unbutton my jeans in the cafe to alleviate that bloat. So yeah, it would have been quite a sight for Susan, a woman watching, keeping up the Kardashians in a cafe with her pants undone. You're welcome. Anyway, so let's get right into this episode. Okay, so we start off this episode with Andy asking the question to Chris if she believes that her and Caitlin would have gotten a divorce anyway in like a parallel universe if Bruce had not transitioned into a woman. And Chris basically says that yes, it would have happened anyway, which I think is totally true. I don't know if you guys remember, but like Bruce had already moved to a like a second house in Malibu quite like a long time before any of this, you know, rumors of their split kind of went public. And he in the episodes was like spending more and more time at this place in Malibu and even like in their interactions with each other, like between Bruce and Chris, I feel like you could sense like a fair bit of resentment in my opinion. Like, you know, when you can just tell couples have just been together for too long or something, I feel like they had that vibe anyway. And this was like way before Bruce had, um, came out public and said that he was transitioning into Caitlyn. So then we start talking about the transition Bruce made into Caitlyn and how it impacted on Kylie and Kendall in particular. And the girls go in to say that they wanted Caitlyn just basically to be her most authentic self, but did mention that they did feel like they needed to like mourn Bruce as their father which I think is totally fair like it it is a bit of a loss of a person if that makes sense so let's rewind a little bit back to 2015 so Bruce did an interview with Diane Sawyer in April 2015 where he was seen with like long straightened hair and it exposed in the interview basically that he said yes Well, I'm just going to read the exact quote. Yes, for all intents and purposes, I am a woman. So this was like the first confirmation of the transition that the world had really seen, which was really big news at the time. And there was, of course, you know, the cover of Vanity Fair magazine that came out with Caitlin looking super glammed up in like this one piece kind of bodysuit and, you know, flowy locks in like really flowy curls and like full glam. And this was the first time that there had ever been a cover with Caitlyn as Caitlyn. And the headline read just three simple words, call me Caitlyn is what it said on the front, which I don't know if this was a little jab at the Kardashian family at the time that she chose to spell Caitlyn with a C and not a K, which using the K letter in all of their names is what the Kardashians are obviously known for. But something that I didn't actually know before that I found out when I was doing my little research about this topic was that the paparazzi and the tabloids had actually had suspicion about Bruce's transition or potential transition for like quite quite some time like there was a lot of rumors that were circulating for quite some time uh, before anything kind of came out and it was made quite public and like confirmed so yeah there was a lot of rumors at the time and he was being followed by the paparazzi like all the time basically for them to just try and like catch you know, something happening that Bruce was doing at the time that would indicate a potential transition. But this identity crisis that Bruce had goes way back before, um, you know, anything was actually put properly into play. And it's been said that he was planning on transitioning before the Olympics. Um, like before his whole career even started. In 1976, he was in the Olympics. But instead of transitioning, he overcompensated basically with his confusion about his gender and just like threw himself into his athletics and just focused intensely on that instead. So then in 1981, Bruce had married Linda Thompson, who you guys would know, Brodie Jenner and maybe Brendan Jenner. So that is their mum. Brody Jenner's obviously off the hills and whatever else. Um, so that is their mum, Linda Thompson. And it's been said that during Linda and Bruce's marriage, that Linda had known that Bruce had liked to cross-dress and wear makeup on occasion and was like seemingly okay with that it, it kind of was said um i'm pretty sure it was in caitlin's tell-all book that she ended up bringing out um said that linda was quite aware of that side of him but i don't know if she just kind of thought that that was the extent of it like maybe a little quirk you know that sort of stuff um but bruce had later opened up to linda and admitted you know, he wasn't sure that he was going to be able to stay a man forever, and this ended up breaking up their marriage. So, then after Linda Thompson um, and Bruce had ended, Bruce went on to marry Chris Jenner after that. Which really raises the question if Chris knew about this side of Bruce because he was quite honest about the cross-dressing and like wearing makeup and stuff like that in his previous marriage to Linda. So I don't know if it was that side of him that had like previously resulted in the divorce with Linda that kind of made him like really repress all that stuff maybe when he went into the marriage with Chris. Um, So maybe she really didn't know about that side of him. I have no idea, but it is really crazy to me that all of those years ago, like so many years ago, Linda Thompson knew all about this side of Bruce, Um, but, you know, relatively kept it to herself and it wasn't for another 34 years after the fact. That anything like truly came to light and truly was you know put into play in the paparazzi and the public so if you go and look at photos of Bruce from the 70s compared to the 80s you'll notice I went and had a look at this myself like if you look at a photo of him in his heyday of um, you know when he won the Olympics and all that sort of stuff he's like very buff very masculine has you know not facial hair but has the ability to grow facial hair and stuff like that. Um, compared to the 80s he began to start looking like quite feminine in appearance, really thinned out, had like very smooth skin and Kaitlyn ended up saying in her Tell All book later that when she was Bruce, he had started taking female hormone drugs for about five years in the eighties and also had the hair on his face and chest removed by like um, laser hair removal, I'm pretty sure it was. So in Caitlin's Tell All interview with Diane Sawyer, um, she kind of said that she had started taking female hormone drugs and it was later said as well that Courtney, I'm pretty sure it was, I don't think it was Kim, pretty sure it was Courtney, when she was a teenager had actually walked in on Bruce in like full head to toe female dress. So I think it was Kris Jenner's clothes, um, completely dressed like a woman and Courtney just kind of freaked out and left the room and then told her sister's. So yeah, again, I don't know if that was like written off as a bit of a quirk and then it was something that kind of was maybe swept under the rug for a lot of years after that, but they definitely knew that side of him from at least like teenage years. So then if we fast forward back to keeping up with the Kardashian days, Bruce had actually started taking hormone drugs again during the filming in 2007. And he also got procedures to transition into a woman, which included like a facelift. He got that in November 2017, um, 2017, 2007 rather. And I couldn't find too much about the hormones at this time. I'm not sure if Chris knew about Bruce taking the hormones at this time. I can't say she would have. I feel like it would have been a secret because that would have been like a bit of a, revelation at the time and she seemed pretty shocked um you know when Caitlyn came out as Caitlin so I can't imagine that she would have known that way back in 2007. So then if we fast forward again to 2013 Bruce had like started growing out his hair quite long and he starts being seen like wearing it in a ponytail and it was just a bit of a thing between the Kardashians and him because he, you know, had like thinning hair but was putting it back in like a straightened ponytail. And so all the girls would always like pay him out about it and like try and get him to cut his hair or whatever. But little did we all know that he was kind of starting to do that to just feel more feminine. So in October, 2013, Chris and Bruce announced that they were separating. And by 2014, Bruce had already undergone like throat surgery. It's like the surgery that um, people do that like shaves down their Adam's apple and stuff. It's like feminization surgery. And this is when the paparazzi like and the media really started to speculate what was going on. There was actually um, paparazzi photos of him leaving the surgery place, the doctor's surgery or wherever he got that done. And he's got like bandages around his whole neck and sort of throat and there's a nurse like helping him get into his car. And that was when the media really started going crazy and like speculation just went into overdrive after those pictures went public. But when Bruce was asked about the surgery by TMZ at the time, he kind of said that he just was never happy with the look of his trachea and didn't really hint anything about a transition at the time. So just kind of hush-hushed that. And then not long after the Adam's apple surgery in 2014, Bruce then started going out with like highlights, kind of like highlights in his hair, um, or like an ombre sort of hairstyle. And the media also really caught onto this. And later in October, 2014, Bruce was papped in his car and he was like lighting a cigarette. These photos went everywhere. Um, he's like lighting a cigarette and then the hand that is holding the cigarette, you can see that his fingernails are painted like bright, bright red. And then, of course, by July 2015, the cover of Call Me Caitlin with Vanity Fair came out. And then the whole world knew about it. So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of speculation about the transition for years leading up to it. And a lot of rumors, it sounds like, kind of within that community, the celebrity community, which I really didn't know about before. And I really like wasn't I really just didn't believe it uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, It probably wasn't until I saw those photos, I remember seeing them in a magazine, the photos of the red nails, like when he was lighting the cigarette, that's when I just started going like, okay, maybe this rumor does actually have legs, like maybe this is kind of going somewhere. So by the time the Vanity Fair article and cover had came out, Caitlin had obviously had a lot of surgery to make her appearance a lot more feminine, like she had had breast implants and a lot of other stuff done. And as far as the full gender reassignment surgery, Caitlin had said, I don't think she's like ever fully disclaimed if she was going to have the full surgery or if she has but it, I think it's pretty fair to say some, from some of her comments that she was definitely planning on doing it. Um, so in her book, she has a tell-all book and it's called The Secrets of My Life. She said that she's feeling wonderful and liberated after her whole transition. And she said, I just want to have the right parts. I am also tired of tucking the damn thing in, is what she said. So as far as Caitlin's dating life since her transition and the split with Chris as well, not too much is known about this. And to be honest, I'm a little bit confused in what I was able to gather. So Caitlin has been quoted saying that she has been left with no interest to engage in a sexual relationship with women. She said as far as a future female companion though she says in the book yes I think about having a female companion but a female sex companion not happening perhaps not ever is what she said. Which I don't know if that has to do with um like without getting too graphic but the mechanics of that whole area post transitioning like I know I've watched a documentary before and they were pretty much saying that like sexually after transitioning um men and women sexually it can be really difficult for them let's just say that um so I don't think it's you know the same so i think that the reason that she is more referring to like a companion more than a sexual relationship might be an indication towards that sort of stuff um yeah if you know what i'm saying so most recently caitlin has been living with who she has called her life partner so her name is sophia hutchins she is 25 years old and she has also undergone her own transition herself so the two live together in Malibu and Sophia is also Caitlyn's manager as well. But when she has been asked by the media about it, Sophia has come out heaps of times and said that Caitlin and Sophia's relationship is not at all sexual. And she kind of said that it was more, um, I guess, of a mother-daughter bond than anything. But again, I think with them, like they live together, Sophia is her manager, they refer to each other as life partner, those kinds of things. I think that more just comes back to the life like companion aspect, which I think is lovely. If they've got each other for life companions, power to them. That is so nice that they would have found each other because I think that everyone deserves that. So now I'm gonna move away from the topic of Caitlyn and back to the interview. So there was a section of the interview that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it was when um, Kourtney Kardashian was kind of being asked about her uh, career and like her passion in life. There has been numerous times on the show where Kourtney Kardashian's like work ethic <laughs> gets called into play a lot of the time which I mean, let's be real. She could go the rest of her life with not working another day. Um, she's got the money to do that. So each to their own if she doesn't want to, like, work really hard. And I totally understand if her kids are her priority. Like, she's 100% allowed to do that. But there was this section where Andy asked Courtney what her passion is when it comes to work. And I just laugh so hard because she knows <laughs> how she talks like, yeah and okay like she's I just feel like Courtney's voice in particular is like super valley girl and sometimes can be a little bit cringe for me but there was a section where Andy asked Courtney you know what her passion is when it comes to work and Courtney just gives this like wishy-washy explanation like <laughs> Kim's face was just like, she was pulling facial reactions. Like, is this bitch serious as Courtney was answering it? (laughs) I hate to say it, but the explanation she gave came off sounding like a little bit entitled and privileged, Um, but basically her exact quote. So her response to Andy's question is, I think my passion, um, my passion is not selling product. But I think the lifestyle that I live is something that I am passionate about. And I feel like sharing that with people. And I'm so grateful that I get to work with my friends and my sisters. Like, I don't know, I feel in a happy place with my work, is what she says. So basically, she's passionate about her lifestyle, which is like, you know, being a millionaire and organic food. But anyway, moral of the story is I have no idea what Poosh is, which is Courtney's brand. I've got no idea what it is. I don't even know if Courtney knows what Poosh is because literally I don't think there has been like one solid explanation of like what this business even is. Literally, if you even Google Poosh, most of the articles are like there's been very little explanation as to what this brand even is. Um, and even in like the Instagram of Pooch and like all the teasers when it first came out, it's like, she's actually not really explaining what the purpose is or what, what the business is. Um, so basically from what I can gather, it seems to be very similar to Gwyneth Paltrow's business, which is called Goop, um, which I mean, Goop and Pooch like I don't know, sounds familiar to me, but so basically it's a lifestyle website that has articles like how to last longer in bed and how to treat hormonal acne organically and stuff like that. And then on the website, it seems like they sell like their recommended products. Um, So it might be like a $90 face moisturizer or a $3,000 couch or chair like I don't know guys. it's all very random and it doesn't sound like the website has been going very well from what I could read is kind of seems to be like the least performing out of what all the other sisters do and Courtney has been quoted saying like she doesn't understand why it hasn't been a raving success But I think the main thing is, is like, have a look at who the consumer is, like, have a look at who's watching the show. Are they going to go and buy, you know, $90 face moisturizers or $110, you know, jade face roll face rollers and stuff like I don't know. If that is the target market that's going. But then again, Skims is quite expensive and so is Good American. They're both very expensive. So I don't know, guys. I think they need to do a little bit more research into who their brand identity is. But anyway, so then in the interview, we get to the moment where Scott Disick is brought onto stage And the topic straight off the bat comes up of him dating much younger women. Which I love that Andy addressed this because it gives me the ick so hard when I see photos of him. (sighs) Guys, I have an opinion about Scott and it might be an unpopular one because I feel like he, you know, has this charisma of like, oh, the Lord, Disick and all this stuff. And like, you know, doing the pranks on the show and things like that. But part of me kind of feels like he's the worst. I know that he has, you know, mental health struggles and things like that. And people like ship him and Courtney so much, like people really want them to get together and stuff like that. I actually think that that's a bad thing. Like if she got back with him, I think that that is like a step back for her. I don't think that's the answer. Um, Yeah, he's a lost soul and I feel for him and I hope he sorts it out. But, but yeah, it's just been interesting, like, in the prime of him doing, like, all of this bad shit that he used to do to Courtney and just on the show and acting like a dick. Like, when he put that, like, $100 bill in that waiter's mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That behavior is so fucking bad. Like, imagine if you saw that in public. Or imagine if you're the waiter and had a $100 bill put in your mouth. Fuck, I would go ballistic. But anyway, um, he's really, there's been a really interesting turn that has happened from, you know, when he was super douchey back in the day and like doing all this bad stuff. And then there kind of has been a turnaround in how he's being presented. And now everyone's like, oh, we love Scott and Lord Disick and all this stuff. But people have forgotten a little bit about the bad shit he's done. Like, Anyway, I'm going to talk about it more here, but basically like he was unfaithful to Courtney. He cheated on her numerous times. He, there's a lot of rumors. I'm going to say allegedly, cause I don't know what the legal terms are surrounding this. And I really can't take on a lawsuit at all, but, um, allegedly, uh, is, you know, heavy into drug use and alcohol use, um, and stuff like that. And Yeah, there's a lot of shit. I'm sure you all remember it, but I just feel like people forget about it a lot of the time. Anyway, back to the topic of dating much younger women. So Scott goes on to say that everyone gets this wrong. And the assumption is that he like seeks out these younger women. And he basically gives the most cringe answer ever and says like the young women seek him out. And he can't help it that the young women are like interested in him, which sounds like so douchey and like oh like these 19 year old girls are interested in me which sounds really shit but he's not wrong like that truly is the fact like think about all of the you know instagram models and clout chases and stuff that would be flown out you know to see him and to sleep with him at the drop of a hat like there's so many girls that would At the same time, it takes two to tango. So he is also a 38-year-old father of three who is saying yes to all of these offers. You know, like you can't just put it back on the girls. So yeah, let's just keep in mind while I continue that he is in fact a 38-year-old father of three. So Scott has been linked to a lot of very young Instagram models as more of like a fling, I guess, like, you know, flying girls out to see him And stuff um there was that famous footage where kim um he like flew a girl out to dubai to have sex with him and she was still in the hotel room when kim had come over to like film for keeping up with the kardashians and this girl was like hiding in the bathroom i'm sure you guys have all seen it and kim like goes ballistic and like calls out this girl and calls her a whore and um, all this stuff, which I mean she probably should have been calling Scott a whore and stuff as well It's kind of shit that it all falls on the girl's shoulders But anyway, so Scott recently dated a 22 year old her name was Sophia Ritchie, who is of course Lionel Ritchie's daughter and Nicole Ritchie's sister and he currently is linked to a 20 year old model named Amelia Gray Hamlin who is um, Harry Hamlin and Lisa Renner's daughter. So Lisa Renner is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is my favorite show. And Harry Hamlin is like a very famous actor. So she is the daughter um, of those two. So this relationship between Scott and Amelia is actually being covered in like the current coverage of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and like all the housewives are like reacting to the fact that this 20 year old is dating Scott Disick in the current show. Side note, you guys should absolutely watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's my fucking favorite. And there's so much history behind it into Beverly Hills and it's linked to like the OJ Simpson stuff and the Hilton, so much stuff, like literally so much stuff and controversy. You guys need to watch it, but you need to go all the way back to the very, very start. Like there's so much you have to know. So start from the beginning. You won't regret it. So anyway, just to put Scott and Amelia's relationship into a little bit more perspective for you guys, Amelia is younger than Courtney's two younger sisters. So Kendall is 25 and Kylie is 23. So Amelia is another three years younger than Kylie. So Scott has come out and of course said that Amelia is very mature for her age and blah, blah, blah. They always say that. I'm sorry, but you think you're grown at 20. Like I thought I was grown at 20 and you just friggin' not. Like it's not until you look back at it on reflection that I was like, wow, I thought I was so grown up and I just wasn't. Which like literally if you look into it The part of your brain that risk manages and has like the long-term planning abilities, everything, like the rational parts of your brain are not even fully developed until you're 25 years old. So this girl is still another five years off. Like having her brain fully developed, I just, it's just too much. As well as for the record, his son Mason is only about eight years younger than Amelia as well. <laughs> so Amelia's mum Lisa Renner, who, by the way, is my favorite cast member of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Maybe her and Kyle, I think, are my favorites. Oh, and Erica, but then there's the whole current shit going on with Erica, which we're actually going to talk about in a future episode um, Everything that's going on between Erica and her ex-husband. Whoa, that is a whole nother freaking bag of cats. Is that even a saying? I don't know, but it's fucking dramatic, guys. We'll talk about that later. So Lisa, Amelia's mum, on the show, she like voiced her concerns about the two dating and, you know, the subsequent age gap between them. And she had said a lot of the media stuff had been just coming at their family so much since Amelia and Scott had gone public. And it just like seemed like it was a lot for the family at the moment, just the backlash. And then Harry Hamlin, who is Amelia's father, like I mentioned, she also, sorry, he also weighed in and said that the age gap originally like did concern him, but he famously had dated like a much, much older woman when he was a lot younger. Um, And so he kind of said like, who am I to judge pretty much? So going back to the episode of the end of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, there was this section where Andy kind of asked Courtney and Scott um, at the same time if they think that they would be together now if it wasn't for Scott's substance abuse that he struggled with. And then they both basically replied and said that they both think that they would still be together if it wasn't for that, which is really sad. Like you know if that if it wasn't for that like these three kids could have their family together so that is really sad which i find that answer actually quite interesting because it takes my memory back to if you guys remember a few episodes ago where the family was like really hounding courtney to like get back together with scott and they're like you know he's made such a change like you should give it another shot and that sort of stuff. And there's this section in the show where Courtney gets really frustrated at the end of everyone kind of like hounding her. Um, because she's kind of being made out to be the bad guy and says, like, you guys are putting this all on me sort of thing. She basically explains that, like, Scott and I have had full on conversations about this in private. And he knows exactly what he needs to do in order for us to possibly be back together again. Which, like, this just really made me think that does this come down to the substance abuse? Like, is he still taking drugs or doing um, doing alcohol. (laughs) He's still drinking alcohol. You don't do alcohol. So yeah, I don't know if this is still a thing that he currently struggles with like regularly, which I mean, I think addicts will always struggle. It's not really something you can ever fully move away from, which is totally fair. Um, but yeah, that answer that Courtney gave just made me feel like, is it still something that is currently, happening on occasion or something to mean that they're not getting back together ever you know but yeah it actually this topic just reminds me of something pretty wild that happened um so in may i think it was in 2020 scott was in a colorado-based rehab center the the place that he went is called all points north lodge Um, which if you guys haven't seen, well, I'm guessing you haven't seen this rehab center. It's literally looks like a castle. It's super bougie and it's like in, you know, Colorado in the snow. It looks like a castle in the snow. Anyway, it's really well known for like a lot of celebrities going there and like very wealthy business people go there to recover. Um, So he apparently went there in 2020 for, not for substance abuse issues. Um, It seemed like he was still in quite a bad place, just with like unresolved feelings from the death of both of his parents. So he kind of like went and seeked out um, some counsel from this facility so anyway while he was away there I think he had been there for about a week there was a photo that was leaked of him at the facility which is like obviously a major huge privacy invasion And there was like a big investigation into it um, to see if it was like a staff member at the facility who leaked it and scott was going to sue the facility but now i've like gone back and read in articles to say it wasn't actually the facility that leaked the photo or like any staff members at the facility that leaked the photo Um, so I don't know if that means it was like another patient that was attending or something that took a cheeky photo of him and like released it. I don't know, but that just makes me friggin' sad. Like even, you know, you're in your lowest moment like that to, to get to the place that you need to go somewhere for treatment. And you're taking that initiative yourself and then you've got people who will still, just absolutely invade your private privacy at your lowest moment like it's just really sad and it's really sad because you know he might think twice next time before seeking help um when he needs it so that's like a really i don't know that's really messed up that someone would do that so then andy asked courtney he said basically out of scott's substance abuse issues or infidelity which was like the biggest deal breaker for her. And Courtney basically replies and says that she only found out about the infidelity kind of like at the very end of the relationship, like as it was about to end anyway. So she said that the substance abuse had already like broken down the relationship. Like it was already ending by the time she found out about the infidelity sort of thing. Yeah. And this is the moments where I talk about, you know, Scott being the worst kind of, He's just a lost soul, but also kind of a douchebag. But anyway, there was a few times that Scott was found to be quite dodgy when it came to his fidelity with Courtney. And so these are just out of the ones we know, by the way. Um, But there was a moment back in 2008 where Chloe and Kim had stolen Scott's phone and this was like on the show and they had found text on on his phone with him like talking to a woman and basically he had texted this woman. Basically he said, sorry, I wish that I could come and take a week to come and visit and not tell Courtney is what the text read. Wow, fuck off. Courtney then accused Scott of cheating on her with an ex. So I don't know if the girl he was messaging was an ex or something. And then the two broke up um, at that stage. So that was around the time that the spin-off show, uh, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami had started. If you guys remember, she was like single at the beginning. So then years later after that, um, so three kids were born between the two and um, Scott got himself in some hot water again when photos surfaced of him partying on like this big yacht with a bunch of women as well as getting very intimate with his ex-girlfriend Chloe Bartoli I think her last name is so she's like a celebrity stylist and you guys these photos are intimate I'm sure you've probably seen them I might put them on our Instagram actually so if you follow the Instagram at the mindless podcast I'll put them on our grid so I can jog your memory but basically the photos are really intimate. they're not intimate in the way of like hooking up but in in the way of like relationship intimate like stroking her hair touching her face like affectionately rubbing her back and you know there's this other photo where they're sitting at a restaurant and he's like rubbing her shoulders from the seat next to her like the body language was literally like someone like a couple who had been together for years sort of thing like a very doting couple body language so yeah after those photos were released of those two so scott and his ex um Courtney broke up with Scott for the final time after this so that was in 2015 and they were never to get back together again hopefully never because I just don't think it's a good idea so just a side note to that as well while I was looking for the photos of um Scott and his ex and like him rubbing her back or whatever I found these photos of Bella Thorne and Scott Disick. And I totally forgot. I don't know if my mind just, like, blocked it out. But the two had actually dated um, quite a while back. So there is a bunch of photos on the internet of um, Scott and Bella, like, beachside. And he's, like, cupping her boobs and um, her bum and stuff. I don't know. It's super super weird like that is such a weird match in my opinion i can't imagine why that didn't work out so then in the interview we got onto the topic of courtney and travis who is her new boyfriend we've got a travis with kylie now and then we've got a travis with courtney so basically in the interview scott was asked if he like gives his blessing surrounding travis and courtney dating now and scott basically says that You know, if you love someone, you want them to be happy. So, yes, like I love Courtney and I want her to be happy with whoever. So if you guys didn't know or have been living under a rock, it seems because these pair are literally in every tabloid at the moment, licking each other's faces. Um, (laughs) Courtney and Travis Barker are dating. So um, they've been really public so far, especially with the PDA. I did post a photo on our Instagram um a few days ago of them like literally licking tongues at the UFC um so I might be yeah presenting a little bit of an unpopular opinion I don't know in saying that it's just the PDA from them two is just a bit much for me it's just a bit much they've both got kids like totally happy for them it's it's just a bit much like the licking faces and you know, that sort of stuff is just giving me a little bit of like Angelina Jolie when she was dating Billy Bob Thornton. Do you guys remember that? It's just giving me those vibes where it just seems a little bit like it's just too much. Anyway, even the other day, Courtney commented on Travis Barker's photo of her and him on Instagram and her comment said, I want to suck your blood. Um, she wrote. And just the other day was the Conor McGregor fight, like I mentioned a minute ago. So that was the UFC fight and Travis and Courtney were ringside for that. And the ca- there's this moment where like the camera flashes to them and it was really weird and it looked very orchestrated, but they're like, it's almost like they knew that they're about to flash to them and they were like planning what they were going to do when the camera was on them sort of thing so anyway the camera shoots to them and then Courtney turns to Travis and they literally start licking each other's tongues like not just talking up but like like licking each other's tongues outside of their mouths like you know what I mean Anyway, the photos on our Instagram page, I don't really want to explain it anymore, so go and have a look at that. It's a little bit much. Um, so, Travis Barker is 45 years old. He was the drummer in Blink-182, if you guys remember. So, he's got a few kids, and he's also really well known for being a passenger in a flight that crashed Um. He, yeah, has had quite an ordeal with this plane crash that he was in. It's really sad. Um, So let me explain a little bit. So he was in the 2008 South Carolina Learjet 60 crash. Um, If you guys wanted to Google that, um, there's a lot more information about it on the interwebs. So this was a private flight that Travis was on with a friend and some of his workers, and of course the two pilots who were controlling the plane. So from the crash, only him and his friend survived the crash. So he's done a lot of interviews since the whole crash and everything, explaining how traumatized he was, after the crash and obviously he saw a lot like you know that's a lot for someone to go through as well as he lost friends um in the accident as well and he was even left a burns victim himself so he's got burns to like a large percentage of his body now and it's said that he has refused to fly ever since the crash Um, Like he has a major fear of flying, which is bloody fair enough. You would not be getting me back on a plane after that. But um, I don't know if that's current because he seems to kind of get around to a lot of different places. So maybe he is flying now, but I know he wasn't for a long time. So basically from what I could find, it seems that the plane had like underinflated tires as it was like going to take off. So it was going down the runway and basically every single tire exploded and it caused the plane to like go off track at speed like you know they were maximum speed about to take off the tires explode the plane goes like completely off of course as it's taking off and then crashed into an embankment which was like by the side of the runway sort of thing and yeah the plane just burst into flames on impact as it hit the embankment yeah and then the only two people to survive was Travis and his friend so he was left with a lot of burns and needed like some serious skin graphing and stuff after the accident and he was in hospital for a really long time after it I don't know if that's why he's got so many tattoos is to cover like the burn scars I don't know but he's literally covered in tattoos from head to toe like all over. Um and like he's got tattoos on his face and stuff as well. Um but I'm yeah, I'm not sure if that was because of the burns because from the photos I saw he had a lot of tattoos before the crash as well. Like even you know when Blink-182 was really popular, he had heaps of tattoos. So that might not be the reason. So it said that Courtney and Travis had been really good friends for quite a long time um prior to like deciding to get into a little relationship together um I don't know if that started I feel like it probably did start because the two actually live in the same gated community to each other so yeah basically it seems like they had begin begun seeing more of each other and then when um it came to January, they kind of came out publicly and confirmed that they were dating. So January this year. So it actually hasn't been that long that they've been like publicly official. Um, But yes, since then it has been, seems to be pretty smooth sailing for the two. They've been on holidays together. They've met each other's kids, um, a lot of PDA, like I mentioned, um, and, you know, oversized floral arrangements being delivered to Courtney's house from Travis and stuff. Um, And as far as I read this morning, there is a lot of um, engagement rumors going around at the moment. I don't know if that rumor has any legs. It's still early days, but I don't know. They seem like very infatuated with each other. So could potentially be seeing an engagement Between the two, which would actually make for Courtney's first engagement, I believe, because I don't think her and Scott were ever actually engaged. But yeah, so that could potentially be exciting. So moving on from Travis and Courtney now. So in the interview of the reunion special, the topic of Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner's dating life came up and Kendall went and confirmed that the two are in fact dating. So if you guys didn't know, Devin Booker is a Phoenix Suns basketball player. He is super tall and has like, a cute little baby face. He looks very young in the face, I feel, but he's very attractive. But yeah, from everything I could find, it seems like their relationship is going really strong so far. They recently both posted on Instagram and kind of made it like Instagram official by celebrating their one year anniversary with like pictures of each other on their Instagram. So that was pretty cute. Now, another interesting thing that I wanted to mention to do with Kendall is lately... Well, not lately, it's been like over the past few years, really. Um, but Kendall just has been absolutely through the ringer as far as like stalkers and just like scary situations with stalkers go. So most recently, and it was actually just back in March, which wasn't that long ago at all, a man named Shaquan King, who was 27 years old, he got arrested after he was caught swimming naked in Kendall's pool in her backyard. And I also read in an article as well that he was like walking around her house and banging quite aggressively on all of the windows around her house until the security got him. And I'm not actually sure if she was home at the time, but if she was, that would have been absolutely terrifying. Like as a woman alone at night, you've got this naked man in your pool as well as he's running around like aggressively banging on windows. What Um, But yeah, I swear like each of the Kardashians need like their own panic rooms and stuff because I would feel so much better if that was me, if I had one of those in my house so I could just like lock myself away safely. So then this Shaquan guy, I'm pretty sure that's what I said his name was. Yes, Shaquan, he goes and gets arrested. um, So the security get him and he's taken into custody for being caught at Kendall's house, right? He then stays in custody for only six hours and then is released six hours later due to COVID-19 restrictions. Like, sorry, you don't think that this guy is like a risk to the public or at least to Kendall. So annoying. Anyway, so where does he go when he gets out of jail six hours later? He goes to Kylie Jenner's house. So he gets into her gator community and he's caught just kind of outside Kylie's house and is arrested for felony stalking then. But it does seem like after he was caught the second time, like the authorities took it a little bit more seriously, which is good. But I mean, a lot more could have happened than just like him showing up at Kylie's. But yeah, I can't help but feel like the security here needs a little bit of a overhaul, guys, like... They need Kim's security flex. Kim doesn't fuck around now since Paris, when it comes to her security, that place is like Fort Knox now. So yeah, against that Shaquan guy, um, Kendall and Kylie ended up getting a five year restraining order from him, against him, sorry. Um, and he also spent 180 days in jail, which is good. So he now needs to stay 100 yards away from them and their houses and their vehicles and everything. So there was also another situation for Kendall and it was at the beginning of this year. So not too long before the last example I just said happened, there was another man, his name was Miak Balka. I'm really bad with these names. Anyway, allegedly, he planned to drive across the country and buy an illegal firearm to kill Kendall and then himself. Oh, my God. Fucking Jesus. This is intense. So Kendall and her team were actually tipped off about this by the LAPD. So I'm not sure how they got word about it. Maybe this guy was, like, talking to other people about it and then someone told the police so she got a restraining order from this guy for five years as well before kind of his plan actually came to fruition and finally one more kendall stalker story you guys probably actually know this one it was like in the media a lot when it happened, but I'm gonna mention it anyway, cause it was really freaky. So back in 2016, there was this homeless guy who had waited at Kendall's front gate um, of her property, kind of like in the very middle of the driveway. And she basically said later to police that she was in her car and she went to go and pull into her driveway. And this man was just kind of sitting in the middle of the driveway with like his head, his head in his knees. Like, you know, where people are just like crouching over sort of, does that make sense? It's really hard to explain on a podcast. His head and his knees with like his shoulders slumped over, you know what I mean? So apparently Kendall kind of like was like what the hell but then maneuvered her car around this guy to like quickly try and zip into her gate and then close the gate quickly behind her before this guy could get in so she pulls into her gate and she's looking in her rear vision mirror to make sure that this guy didn't get through the gate before she was able to close it. And she kind of had like lost sight of where this guy had gone. And then once the gate was closed, she sees this guy pop up on the driver's side mirror and he's like approaching the driver's side window. Um, Yeah, and his face just kind of like popped up out of nowhere. She said she's never been so terrified in her life. And she had wound down her window like just a little bit enough to talk to him. And she was yelling out to him saying, who are you? Like, what do you want? Sort of thing. And then apparently he did not say a word back. He just like stared at her. And she was saying, I want you to leave. Like, you need to go right now. Then apparently once she had said to him, like, you need to leave, go away. He just freaked out and he started hitting her car windows. Mind you, this is on her driver's side. So he's hitting the windows right next to her. And then Kendall said that she was like kind of freaked out, was able to reverse back out of the driveway and like leave the property. And she drove straight to her friend's house because she was just terrified. And yeah, it turns out that this guy had actually approached her before outside a couple of condos that she owns and had like quite aggressively approached her in the past as well. So this definitely wasn't the first run in that she'd had with that guy either. But yeah, honestly, the poor girl must be really terrifying. There's a lot of crazies in this world. So back to the interview. So in the interview, the topic of Chloe and Lamar Odom comes up and Chloe gets asked by Andy if, you know, Chloe and Lamar talk anymore. And she says that they don't talk, but she wishes him well um, and, you know, wishes him all the best kind of thing. So if you guys didn't know recently, like quite recently, there was um, kind of like a social media fight that broke out between Lamar and Chloe's most recent ex, Tristan, which I mean, these guys just need to friggin move on because I don't know how many times Chloe needs to be cheated on by these absolute fuck boys, which is exactly what they are. So anyway, it seems like Chloe and Tristan for a time decided after COVID went really rampant to give things another go and there was the whole conversation of them having another baby through surrogacy and things like that but there's not been really too much of an update on what's been going on with the surrogacy if that's like still happening or if it's a success or what's going on but yeah it seems like they've recently broken up again um between yeah chloe and tristan so can't say i didn't see that one coming But recently there was a little bit of an Instagram argument that went on between Tristan and Lamar. So it's all very petty, but I'll tell you guys what happened. So it has been pretty well documented that Lamar has pretty much tried ever since him and Chloe broke up to get back with Chloe. And he's been very open about this in interviews and stuff. He like, like openly says that that's wifey is what he says and that he wants her back and that sort of stuff. So basically what happened is he went and commented like a comment on Chloe's recent photo on Instagram. And it was like a, like a heart emoji and then like a fire emojis and then, um, said like the words hottie sort of thing, you know, like giving her a compliment and saying she's hot basically. And then Tristan has seen this comment and he has like replied to Lamar Odom's comment. This was pretty savage. So, this is what he said back to Lamar. He said, God saved you the first time. Play if you want, different results. And then, like a bunch of shrugging emojis, like a guy shrugging. So, basically, we all know what he's talking about. (laughs) And he's just saying, like, back off, sort of thing, which I don't know if Tristan is at all in the position to be telling anyone to back off because he seems like arguably. Arguably just as destructive as Lamar is. So basically Tristan's comment is obviously referring to the near fatal overdose that Lamar had had back in 2015. So basically from what I can understand from the story and don't 100% quote me on this because I don't actually know if the timelines fully line up. But I'm pretty confident that this is the timelines. Um, So anyway, here's the story. So in Lamar has released a tell book. Um, So in the book, he kind of details a scenario that happened in 2015 around this exact same time um, that Chloe and Lamar have both confirmed that this did actually happen. So basically Chloe had gotten word that Lamar was up in a hotel with a bunch of strippers and a bunch of cocaine. Basically he talks about it in his book. He says that literally it was just like a sea of strippers and cocaine. Love that. Um, so Chloe and Kris Jenner, And their two security guards busted into the hotel room and confronted Lamar in this very compromising position. And apparently, one of the strippers tried to like protest in some sort of way to Chloe. I don't know if that was like telling Chloe to go away or like getting in her face. I don't know. Um, it didn't say in the story in Lamar's book, but basically what Lamar did say is that Chloe like beat the absolute shit out of this stripper (laughs) and was like standing over her and screaming and pulling her hair and everything. And so, meanwhile, the security guards that came up with them are running over, trying to get Chloe off of this stripper. And Kris Jenner is just in kind of like the corner screaming. <laughs> Can you guys imagine like being a fly on the wall in this scenario? Like Kris Jenner is just screaming, crying while Chloe's just going off, you know, pulling a stripper's hair. What do you mean? So Lamar admits in his book that Chris and Chloe had gotten their security guards to like clear the hotel room of any drug paraphernalia and just like tidied everything up um, for Lamar while he's just off his face. So obviously Chloe found Lamar in this position, which means that the two weren't on good terms at all. Like she'd be pissed, obviously. So I don't know if it was that specific altercation that led to him going to Vegas, um, to this brothel that he was later found at. Um, but I'm, yeah, that's what I meant about the timeline. I'm pretty sure it does add up though, or at least had something to do with it because they weren't on good terms. So basically in his book, he says that, you know, him and Chloe weren't good and he kind of just went, fuck it. I'm going to go to Vegas. And in his words, get some ass is what he said. Love that. And so basically he says that he had seen this place on the TV. It's called the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. It is a legal brothel in Vegas. Lamar says that he had seen like a video of this place and he had always like wanted to go there. But this place, the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, you guys should actually go and YouTube it. Um, there's like a whole bunch of tours and stuff, um, of, you know, the whole place that you can go and watch. And there's like a bunch of interviews that they do. It's like very public, like they've got a lot of, um, media attention, I guess you'd say. So like I mentioned, it is a legal brothel in Nevada. So it kind of is actually out in the stick. So people really do have to travel for it, but I guess that could also be part of the appeal. You know, like because it's not like right in the city where if celebrities are going or whatever, no one's going to see you. So a lot of celebrities are known to attend there and it's really just known as this place of like anything goes sort of thing. Like anything you want, we can make it happen. All of your desires and everything can kind of come true is their motto, I guess. Um, the walls are all pink inside. It's like a very eccentric place. The owner is like equally as eccentric and it's pretty like yeah eccentric and tacky I would call it. The tagline of this bunny ranch is a never-ending haven of fun and comfort for the discerning gentleman Boasting of a 24-7 policy where loneliness and frustration can be sated in an instant. So there you go. So basically at this bunny ranch when there is a new visitor they go and kind of come into like the reception area and then all of the working ladies go and line up in a line and basically you know the guy gets to go and have his choice of who he would like to spend the night with or whatever and then from there they can go and have a drink at the bar with the woman that they chose or they can go straight to the room for their booking or whatever they want to do. But yeah Lamar had said that he had seen videos of this place online and that he you know, always wanted to visit there. So basically, while Lamar was there, he just completely ripped himself off and partied for a number of days. Um, he had a mixture between alcohol, and there was also cocaine found in his system as well, which he really denies that the cocaine was in his system. I heard another interview where he was like stating that he was slipped something and stuff, but take that as you will. And they also found around 10 sexual performance enhancement pills in his system as well. So just like a whole combination of a lot of stuff that got him to the point that he got to. So this little bender that Lamar went on um, at this brothel went on from the Saturday when he checked in and then he was found unresponsive all the way on the Tuesday at 3.15 p.m. So the Bunny Ranch went and called 911 and he was taken to the hospital um, from there. So it's believed he had 12 strokes, which is crazy that he's even alive after that. And he also had six heart attacks, So when he got to the hospital, they had put him in a medically induced coma and basically had to like from there, once he gained um, consciousness again, he like had to completely learn to physically live like all over again. He had to learn how to walk, how to talk, go to the toilet. He said in his book that Khloe Kardashian like literally helped him wipe his ass and stuff. So it's just like starting from ground zero with like basic human needs so obviously we know that Chloe kind of stuck around um, even though they had were already like pending a divorce at this time Chloe had stuck around to support him while he was in a really bad place after after the overdose and I guess just kind of trying to get him back to health um, before she put anything else into play to do with their divorce But obviously it was still her desire to get divorced after he was in better health. She kind of just like prolonged the proceedings and stuff so he could just have a moment to get better. And I'm guessing obviously he would have been very depressed during this time too. So I don't blame her at all for just like easing off the divorce front for a minute to let him recoup. And then from there, once he was kind of standing on his own again, she had helped him a lot. Um, She then moved on with the divorce proceedings, which, wow, she is a very strong girl. And I don't know if I could ever do that and be that strong, but she did. So then the section of the interview comes about where Andy asked Chloe if she suspected that Tristan was cheating um, before she had kind of found out. And she goes on to say that she didn't have any suspicions that Tristan was cheating um, when she found out it was only two days before she was due. Um, well, before she went into labor to have true two days. Oh, my God. Like, I'm trying to think of my mindset at that time, just like being so pregnant and ready to give birth and then add all that additional stress onto it. Oh. Honestly, it's so fucked. So yeah, if you guys didn't know, there was security camera footage out of like a nightclub that came out and this was kind of when everything hit the fan with Tristan originally. So Chloe was pregnant at the time and Tristan can be seen in this security footage from the nightclub. He was like kissing two girls They're like, he's motorboating their boobs and they're like grabbing his dick and stuff. It's just pretty full on. And then I'm pretty sure as well, later on that night, both or at least one of those girls that were in the security camera footage was seen leaving his hotel as well. well. So let's just, yeah, imagine what happened there. So, yeah, that all came to light two days before she was due to give birth, the poor friggin' thing. And she just sucked it up and allowed him to be in the labor room, you know, while she gave birth to her baby. And oh my God, <laughs> what a friggin' awkward labor room. Like, imagine the vibe. So awkward. There is actually a photo that I found on the internet when I was researching all of this and it's right, it must have been like right before True was born. And it's kind of just like a group photo and Chloe's sitting in the bed in like the labor room and all of her sisters are around her and Chris and Malika and stuff. And then Tristan's in the background and everyone's just like awkwardly smiling. <laughs> and I, you just would be standing there like you motherfucker. Like everyone knows what you did and you're just sitting here in this room while she's going through this. I would just be like, Get the fuck out so yeah then of course further down the track there was as well the whole situation with Jordan Woods so this was after Chloe had forgiven him the whole situation with Jordan Woods happened so yeah that part I feel like the Jordan Woods story is very well known but I'll just quickly recap it so basically it seems like he did kiss her um, or they did kiss she claims he kissed her but who knows, and had been like rubbing up her leg and basically had been asking her to stay at his house. Um, but yeah, there's a red table talk. Um, you know, the episodes that Jaded Pink and Smith does on Facebook and you kind of just get Jordan's perspective of the whole night basically. Um, so that's definitely worth a watch if you guys want to watch that, but yeah. I feel like you'll be able to read through the lines. Like it's definitely only one version of the story, I feel. But yeah, I really feel like this brings into question whether or not you guys think there is almost like a boundary that is being crossed by all of the Kardashians keeping their exes so close. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. What do you guys think? I've always wondered this when it came to the Kardashians, because there's like obviously... The relationship with Scott after everything that he's done and then they kept really close with Lamar for a time after everything that he did and then obviously the close relationship with Tristan and he's kind of kept all in the loop and like Chloe is considering having another baby with him during like through surrogacy and stuff and even though there's like all of these cheating scandals with every single one of those people you know, they still keep them around and even the relationship between Chris and Caitlin to an extent as well, they still communicate. I'm just not sure if it's healthy or if it's not, like it's definitely not the picture that I've been painted like with my family to do with divorce, it was just kind of cut it at the cord, which I don't know if that is, you know, the wrong thing to be doing. I just, I don't know. Parts of me feel like it's maybe a little bit more destructive than it is good, or you're like almost hindering your own progress and like keeping a door open sort of thing so that you're not able to fully move on, I don't know. So anyway, guys, I think that pretty much sums up the Kardashian controversy special for you. So three out of three parts. I hope you guys enjoyed all of this coverage. And like I did mention on the Mindless podcast, we're going to go on to cover some different topics after this one. It's not all going to be about the Kardashians. It just took me a bloody three-part episode to cover everything because there's just so many topics, so much scandal. But um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me and for staying with me for another Mindless hour. I hope you guys enjoyed it and maybe found a little bit of an escape from like the regular hustle and bustle of your life and just take a moment out to talk about some weird shit with me and just bloody relax. Please, please don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I would love if you guys could screenshot the podcast playing like on your iPhone and then post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Mindless Podcast And get the word out about this podcast because that would really, really help me out. Like you guys can imagine, it does take me a minute to get all this content together. So any support and help is really appreciated. Please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Benita Shoe and Shoe is spelled S-C-H-U-H and follow The Mindless Podcast on Instagram at The Mindless Podcast. And be sure to give this podcast a five-star rating and tell us a little bit about what you thought about it. Positive ratings only, please be gentle with me. I'm not sure I'm ready to take a negative one yet Um, because I'm new here and I'm still learning. So be kind, please. I'll catch you guys in the next episode with some brand new content and brand new topics for you. I hope you have a really excellent week. Bye.